Welcome to What Living Means. I'm Vanessa Jasinski. The 4th of July is right around the corner, and that means people across the country are firing up backyard grills to celebrate with family and friends. In this episode, we're going all in on the art of grilling. Maybe this year you want to branch out beyond hamburgers and hot dogs, or maybe you hope to make it through the holiday with your eyebrows intact. Our special guest, Clayton Cook of Leroy and Lewis Barbecue and Mama Fried in Austin, Texas, shares how you can elevate your grill game and keep your guests clamoring for more. And later, we'll hear from Yes's Director of Risk, Brian Von Helmut, on some grill safety tips to pull off your cookout without incident. So yeah, we're, we're right around the corner from 4th of July. We were so excited to coordinate with you, Clayton Cook of Mama Fried out of Austin, Texas, one of the coolest places, to talk about grilling and barbecue. Tell us a little bit about where did you get your start in the barbecue world? I would say like credit first to my father. He's a commercial real estate appraiser, so he and he takes jobs all over the state, self-employed. And so... Most of my childhood in the summer was spent riding in a car with him while he was going to like look at some property, but he would bribe me with barbecue. And so I was this little barbecue nerd as a kid and and knew every barbecue town and every like nook and cranny of small town Texas. Fast forward 2017, end of 2017, I was working living and working in Austin, Texas. And I was working at a restaurant and had kind of decided I wanted to make a career out of uh, like food and hospitality. I think a lot of people are probably familiar with Franklin Barbecue mm -hmm. here in Austin, kind of exploded like this craft uh, barbecue revolution about 10 years ago. It felt like Austin was like the center of the barbecue universe. And I was already very passionate about it. And so I thought I'm gonna go work for like one of these greats here in town since I'm here. Um, so I left the restaurant I was at and I was lucky enough to get hired at uh, Leroy and Lewis Barbecue, a food truck in South Austin, opening a plug, quick plug, opening a brick and mortar in South Austin at the end of the year. But the pitmaster there, Evan Leroy, and kind of the assistant pitmaster, Bradley Robinson, they were already reputable. They had been cooking barbecue for years and were part of this new food truck that was trying different things. And I was lucky to, to get hired there in the early days and kind of got my hands on everything, got to cook so many different methods of barbecue. It was introduced kind of to like all these different people in the barbecue world. And so I guess it's been like six years now, a little over six years now that I've worked with them and been able to just kind of like make it a major part of my life. That is awesome to be passionate about something, to grow up with it, and then to do that as a career is, is just awesome. And, you know, it is interesting. I watch a lot of those shows like Chef's Table and a lot of different things. And they were really talking about this whole barbecue revolution. Yes. Yeah. And that Austin is really the center of all of it. How can you even differentiate yourself when you're in a place like an Austin, Texas, where you have so much competition? Yeah, that's uh, that's a great question. Specifically to Central Texas style barbecue, it's always been this classic. They call it the Holy Trinity. 
Mm. And so it's brisket, ribs, sausage. Um, and in some ways, too, that carries over to the sides where it's like potato salad, coleslaw, and beans. And you're right. And it's very simple. A lot of times it's just salt and pepper that you're going to season the meat with and like oak wood. So why I was so excited to work with Leroy and Lewis was Evan Leroy's a trained chef. He had uh, cooked in kitchens in New York and like he has this a palate and, and a curiosity, I think, about like the culinary world. And so we do non-traditional cuts of meat. So we don't have brisket every day. We only sell sliced brisket on the weekends, which for the first few years was like a battle. But instead we have beef cheeks, which is a lot of times people are going to have that as like barbacoa. Um, but we trim out the beef cheek until kind of like the medallion, like the, the nice, it's almost like a palm-sized brisket. And then we smoke it and then confit it in its own like beef tallow until it's tender. And then we'll pull it out of that confit and then we slice it like a brisket burn end almost. But it's like you have this little palm size burnt end in its entirety. Mm -hmm. So that was something we did early on to another thing. We, instead of putting pickles and onions on a sandwich, we make a house-made kimchi. Oh, wow. So like that Korean spicy pickled cabbage. You really need that acid from like the pickle to balance out the fat of the meat. But, you know, we want, again, we needed to to be different, to set ourselves apart. Um, and it was something that, again, I think came from from Evan being in New York and just eating different foods and stuff. And I was like, well, I love kimchi. So let's, it's, it's fermented. It's great for helping digest too. Mm -hmm. So let's throw that on there. That sounds amazing. And again, you know, it is one o'clock and, and <laughs> I haven't really eaten lunch. And so I'm like yes. starving while you're talking about all these amazing things that you guys do. So tell me about Mama Fried, the concept, the truck. How did it all get started? The pandemic. Yeah. Pandemic shut down. We were probably stayed open kind of as like a drive through operation, but we, we weren't doing events anymore. We weren't doing catering. We would do these little pop-ups and just try and like keep it fun. We'd done like a burger pop-up. Burgers with the slaw, but made out of like classic burger toppings and fries and fried apple pies. And we had like terrible weather that day and no one came out and we had all these leftover fries. We were joking about what we were going to do with them. And I was like, we have all this, like throw barbecue on some fries. A friend was doing like a little pop-up at this new bar and we were like, man, what, this is the spot to sell barbecue, loaded fries and whatever else we had talked about. And uh, we had a friend there that was like, don't you want to sell barbecue here? And we were like, well, kind of. And he was like, I know the owner, let's make this happen. Myself and then with the Leroy's and the Lewis's uh, partnered together and it, it happened so fast. It was maybe like a two months time or something. We wow. had bought, we had found a, a food truck, bought it, got a, a logo designed, wrote a menu. We we're like, we're going to put, you know, different barbecue items on, on these fries. And since then kind of have expanded to, we started doing smoked and fried wings really for football season. And then now if it's reached the point where I joke, we're a, we're a fry truck with a wing problem. Cause I think we might <laughs> sell more smoked wings than we sell of anything else. Fourth of July is coming up. But I, I love barbecue. I mm -hmm. think you could eat it year-round. It's not just 4th of July. We cook on the barbecue year-round, even in the winter. I think it's just easy. It's healthy. Mm -hmm. But what are you grilling up for the 4th of July? This year, I'm changing. It's a little different. Maybe not as, like, straight Americana. I'm, I'm skipping the burgers and the, and the hot dogs on the grill. I'm making fajitas. Ooh. Beef and some chicken fajitas. Mm -hmm. uh, Going to marinate them overnight. 
I've been really, we'll get a pot of beans going too, a little beans, some, some Mexican rice. Fajita meat, I guess it's gotten more popular. It's not as relatively cheap, but you, know, you get some chicken thighs, some mm-hmm. flank steak or skirt steak. The, here's the trick y'all too I've learned. It's uh, pineapple juice is the pineapple secret. Juice. Pineapple juice is the secret ingredient. You need some onion, cilantro, like some heat yeah. in there. Um, but that, uh, there's like a sweetness, but it's going to, the acid helps break it down quick and easy. Yeah. What is a good starting place for beginner beginners to barbecue? Sure. Because there's a lot of different types, a lot of different ways. What's the easiest? If you have a grill and you have some chicken, let's just say like those two ingredients, how do you make that chicken awesome? You need to season your meat ahead of time. You get some chicken breast or something. It's kind of chalky and dry. Mm-hmm. This happens a lot with turkey too. This is where everyone I think messes up their turkey. If you can marinate your chicken overnight, if you have that time, that's great. If not, you can even do just like a or brine your chicken as they would. Get it in like a, a salty water solution. There's plenty. If you go online, there's plenty of uh, mm-hmm. recipes or like ratios of that. But even if you're if you're pressed for time, um, while you're doing your prep, salt brine, dry brine your chicken. Get some salt on that, skin side up. If you can put it in your refrigerator on a tray, maybe just covered with a little plastic wrap. But that salt will start to absorb into the meat. It's going to help spread flavor through the meat. Um, any kind of brine or marinade ahead of time, you know, even if, if it's anywhere from 30 minutes to, you know, seven hours to 12 hours will take the chicken to the next level. And then if you're just cooking it on a grill, get some good color on it, get your nice sear, and then get a meat thermometer. Go okay. on Amazon, get it. A, I think the cheapest one's like a javelin meat thermometer. I think you get one for like $30. That's why you're not playing guessing games. The worst thing that can happen is that you've cooked everything, you've made everything, and you go cut into that piece of meat and it's raw, like right in the middle. Oh, yeah. And you, yeah. uh, and now you have to throw it back on or like figure something yeah. out. Even the cockiest pit master who thinks he knows his stuff will use a little meat probe and check stuff just yeah. to make sure, especially if you're cooking with chicken. Um, but have that, yeah, sear it, get a good color on it. And then if you need to move it to an indirect heat space, you know, somewhere, you try and keep your coals onto one side of the fire or maybe only turn your propane on for like half of your grill, but get that mm-hmm. good color. And then... If you need to continue cooking it more, you can move it off to the side, but have it have it still coming up to temp. And if you have that meat thermometer, you're going to know when your yeah. chicken, your pork, your beef or whatever is at the temp that you want it. So I know a lot of people are probably cooking, obviously, chicken and hamburgers. So hamburgers, I always struggle with hamburgers, but I love my hamburgers well done like a hockey puck. Okay. I know that's really bad. It's really not a hockey puck. I don't want it too like charcoaly, but I like it where there's no pink. Okay. And my husband likes it pink in the middle. I just can never get that right. And I can't get the good sear. Maybe I turn it too quick. It's either you're either flipping too fast or you're not getting a hot enough fire to get that that good sear. Well, I would say for you, for your preference, the hot thing with hamburgers right now is the smash burger. Okay, what's a smash burger? Tell me how this works. You're going to make a quarter pound of like ground beef into like a ball. You can't do this like on a grill grate. Okay. There's like that Blackstone kind of camp cooker that's like the flat mm-hmm. griddle. Or yeah. you can even get these griddle surfaces for a grill to put over the grates. 
but you kind of want a flat like cast iron or iron surface mm-hmm. um, and like a press or like one of those nice flat spatulas. And you're going to smash it down. And the goal of it is that you want to really come in with like charred, crispy edge. Mm-hmm. And you're going to smash it down and it's a quick cook time because you're going to get like a thin burger and like yeah. one flip. But the idea is to to cook it all the way through because it's not cooking for very long. and There's not going to hardly be any pink. I think there's something called like Oklahoma style or Oklahoma City style where you mm-hmm. would put some onions down on the grill first, let them start to caramelize, and then you'll smash your burger into the onions. That sounds amazing. And then you give it a few minutes on each side. You give it a flip, and then you have your caramelized onions almost like pressed into the patty. After you flip, you'll get some cheese down. I really love that too because then it's also – there's no guessing. There's no asking around at the cookout like how well – you know, do you want your burger – Medium, medium, yeah. well, this or that. You're just you're gonna be able to cook them faster. You're just cooking them until they're done, and then it's a matter of like the growing boys or the bigger eaters. You can stack two or three of these patties because they're so thin. So I think it's that press. That press really helps. The press is gonna help too. The press is definitely okay. you're gonna help get good like even heat dispersion across the whole surface. Yeah. Okay, so. What kind of smoker or grill do you recommend for a novice? It sounds like you were talking about that Blackstone grill. I do love those, those kind of those camp grills. Those are mm-hmm. great. I think they are, I think they may be like a little easier to maintain. I think if you can get propane you're, and you're a novice, it's maybe the, the better one to start with because you can just turn a dial kind of to control your flame, control your temperature. Yeah. Your startup time's a lot easier versus if you're getting charcoal you mm-hmm. got to light the charcoal, maybe have a charcoal chimney. It takes a while for it to burn down to the right temperature. Probably a little safer, too, I would It's going to be, like, a little bit safer. Yeah. I think any kind of, of, like, propane grill is a great place to get started. If you're comfortable with charcoal, Weber is, like, the undefeated backyard grill, charcoal grill. Just those, you know, almost looks like a UFO, that circular mm-hmm. grill. The pros to a Weber, maybe over a propane, is that you can you can not only grill with one of those Weber grills, but you can create smoked barbecue with one as well, which I think yeah. people maybe don't realize a lot of times. I have a friend, he does barbecue YouTube tutorials. Bradley Robinson is behind Chud's Barbecue. He was one of the pit masters at Leroy and Lewis when I started. He is uh, kind of one of my mentors. I've learned so much from him. He started his own YouTube channel. It's fantastic. It's about barbecuing, grilling, and he has an entire series. It's his Weber Kettle Grill series where he goes over burgers, chicken. He did pulled pork on it. He cooked an entire brisket on this little Weber kettle. The way that you you can snake through your charcoal and have little chunks of wood, you can keep your meat off to one side. It's one of the more difficult barbecue cooks to pull off because you're finessing it. But if you are limited in space, you have a small backyard, you have a small budget, you can get on YouTube, you can watch some of these things, you can get some of these materials, and you can you can make a smoked chicken that will have a different flavor profile than like directly grilling it. Or you mm-hmm. can you can take some different smaller pork cuts and do a smoked pork. You can do a brisket, a rack of ribs with these things. Yeah. If you have the patience and you like really are passionate about doing it, those Weber kettles, the the versatility with like what you can cook is incredible. And then if you really are into to cooking like Texas style barbecue and you want to cook on an offset, you can go to 
I guess here in Texas, it's Academy, whatever the like sporting goods store is, mm -hmm. or the place that sells those, there's like an Oklahoma Joe or a, whatever these, they're kind of these national brands that'll do. It's that drum kind of cutout smoker. It's got a little firebox mm -hmm. attached. Yep. That's what you should learn on. I see some people, you can go now online and find these barbecue pits and smokers that cost thousands of dollars and people think to, to make a brisket as good as Aaron Franklin, like I need this like $6,000 smoker and I need all these mm -hmm. like fancy things. And you can just, you can really go buy one of these things from outside the grocery store, the sp sporting goods store yeah. and get some good wood and have a nice uh, cut of meat and maybe go online and like do a little search on fire management. You can, you know, you can really pull off some, some excellent barbecue on those too. So tell us more about where we can see you. Mama Fried, uh, we're in South Austin, Texas. We're currently parked at the Armadillo Den. It's a big kind of outdoor honky-tonk bar. Uh, it's got a stage. There's live music every day of the week. Um, I'm also still, I work with Leroy and Lewis Barbecue, which is at, uh, the food truck now is at Cosmic Coffee, um, still South Austin. And then we have a brick and mortar coming end of the year, going to be Emerald Forest and Stasny in South Austin, Texas. We will sometime November, December, we'll have that brick and mortar opening up. That's awesome. Clayton, thank you so much. Uh, it was such a pleasure speaking with you today Ooh. and yeah, I'm going to go get some some barbecue, but I don't know. Maybe there's a good place around here. I'll have to figure it out. <laughs> Thank y'all for having me. Thanks, Brian, for joining us today. I have been so fortunate to work with you the last couple of years, and I think you've brought so much tremendous value to Yes Communities. Tell us more about why this is so important, girl safety at Yes. Yeah, and I like the fact that we're bringing it up now because it's obviously coming up towards summer season for grilling. But remember, we are across the country. And so when I do my insurance one through all of our portfolio, Grilling is actually part of that Insurance 101. So it doesn't matter if I'm teaching it during December, October, March, or in July. It, it applies all year round because people, believe it or not, will grill all year long, right? And I so one of the that. first things, that, and it should be very open and obvious that you wouldn't have to say this, but don't grill inside, right? And, and you should always have a fire extinguisher next to your, really any open fire space, whether it's an outdoor fireplace, whether it's just a fire pit, or if you're actually using a, a grill. Uh, a lot of times what I, we really find is we get claims that come in all the time, all year round. And most of the time, people use their grills where they store them. Now for our properties, there's not a lot of storage. So if you don't have a shed to put it in, it remains on your outdoor decking. And the decking is wood. And you know what wood is if you don't treat it and maintain it and take care of it. It's brittle. It, it's flammable. And what do they do? They're grilling literally right where they store it, near their front door or back door on the decking. And if it's a charcoal grill, one of the things that's a safety item is before you use it, make sure you don't have holes, that it hasn't burnt out holes underneath the grill. Right? Because if you're using charcoal, that charcoal is going to fall through those holes right onto your wood deck. Think of it like a four-step process. You're going to go out, you're going to use your grill, you haven't used it in six months or a year, 
make sure it's cleaned, make sure there are no holes on the bottom before you refill it with charcoal. And then once you do, make sure that the top actually has got a hinge that is oiled. Use a little bit of W40 on the hinge because if it doesn't and it's rusted, or if it's too hot and you touch and you force it, it may break. And when it breaks, it falls off the back, it pushes the front, and it literally will push over the grill. And then what does that do? It puts your hot coals right on the on the wood decking. Yeah. And there you go. There's your fire again. What are some of the grill safety tips that folks might not know? So besides storage, clean your grill after every use because okay. then you don't get the buildup. Make sure you're, you're using it and cleaning it after every use so you don't have the, the fat buildup, okay. right? Because that's the creosol is what has these, the fuel basically still in it. Over successive uses, it becomes that much more risky. This is always a question that I've had, and not just a grill at home, but, you know, if you're up camping with your friends, what do you do with those coals? Because there have been times when I'm up camping and I'll just throw water on those coals, and it seems like it almost stokes the fire more. Yeah, because all you're doing is that water just disperses the coals further away. The coals need oxygen. That's what gets the fire going yeah. and keeps the fire going, the smoldering. Yeah. So what you do is you, you take the dirt that's around and you literally shovel that over and then compress it. Okay. That's what extinguishes the coals. But it takes time. Like a campfire may take another seven or eight hours for it to yeah. actually really extinguish. So certainly pouring water on it, but don't take a bucket and just go, okay. right, because that's what it disperses. Right. Same idea on a grill. Yeah. If you have a grill fire, don't use water. It's grease. So as soon as you throw the water on it, it disperses the flames. So just close the lid. Correct. Decrease Correct. that oxygen level exactly. in there. Okay. But if you are cooking with a charcoal grill, yes. how do you dispose of those charcoals? So once those have actually, you're going to have to wait probably a 24-hour period, in all honesty. Yeah. Or to actually you know, be completely out. But when it is, use your shovel for the grill to remove them. And I usually put them in a Home Depot bucket. And what I do is I put water in it first. Okay. Then I put the ash in there. Because the water will absorb any, if there's a chance of an ember or something like that still smoldering, the water should put it out. So it's just an added safety measure, and it's super simple and super easy. I have just a regular gas grill, so but I never turn it on because I'm always afraid of, of yeah, gas. Yeah, it's an electric ignite. Yes. So much, much safer. Now, if you're using regular lighter fluid, make sure, and I've seen people do this, once you have it lit, that doesn't mean you take the can and squeeze it yeah. onto the fire. Because what will happen is potentially... If the fire is hot enough, it will actually follow the stream back into the can and has the chance to actually blow up while it's in your hands. Oh, I didn't even know that. So what's the best place to put the grill to ensure safety? So I know in our communities, most people probably grill right off the deck. It's easier. You come right out and there's the grill. Is that the safest place? Or? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Right. Okay. In all honesty, it should be taken off of the wood decking Okay. and then put out onto the you know a grass area. Number one, it should be a flat surface and not yep. something that it's, you know, tilted one way or the other. But, uh, you know, anywhere that you have that's at least 10 feet away from a wood structure. That's the normal rule. Thank you for listening to What Living Means. If you enjoyed our show, please share it with a friend. I'm Vanessa Jasinski, and I'll see you next time. Next time.